Welcome in to the Soren Sports Podcast. Today, I am your host, Braden, and I'm also joined by my good friend and co-host, Alan. And today, we're going to be touching on a bit of a sadder subject. We're going to be talking about Diego Maradona and his impact on the world of soccer and FIFA. We're also going to discuss his legacy and what we can expect to see as, well, we now continue to remember him. You know, it's going to be a sad topic, but it's also going to be one that's important to talk about and just remembering a awesome footballer and the legacy and impact that he had on the sport of football. We're also going to discuss a little bit about our Thanksgiving holiday and just how we how we're doing. So let's get started with that. Alan, how are you doing today? Well, I've been doing good so far, getting a break from all the work, all the stress that the real world off real world has and it's great to be reunited with loved ones which it's one of the best things that i'm grateful for for that my family i don't i believe that without their support and also without my wife's support i don't believe we this podcast would have not happened and and having this opportunity only comes once in a lifetime and having the people around you to support it shows they'll always have your back at any given moment. Agreed. And, you know, I think that's something we'll touch on a little bit is the family life and family that he had of Diego. And, you know, it's important that we remember just how important it is that we have a family and that, you know, their support, is everything you know like my family supported of me doing this my girlfriend's very supportive of me doing this like and the mm-hmm. fact that we have this opportunity where you and i just get to sit, sit down record an hour or so of us just talking about sports you know and actually have people listen to us and enjoy it is just something that i wouldn't change for anything it's very it's very fun to do and we enjoy it a lot and it's just exciting you know it's a lot warmer down there in texas and arizona where you're at but so i'm sure you're thankful for the warmth you didn't like the cold. <laughs> yeah you could say that that's pretty accurate <laughs> but, uh, you know it's i'm just glad that throughout all of this you know i got loved ones supporting me throughout all this and i got a job that i'm able to continue to work and have money to help pay for certain things that I need in my life so it's all very exciting yeah so Alan you're a bit more immersed in the uh, football world than I am so I'm going to let you take lead on this one um, <laughs> mostly just because while I'm I'm kind of still new to the football world and whatnot so we'll yeah. just let your yeah that's no problem us. at all well um, it took me probably a day or two to process it, you know, um, his passing. Uh, it was shocking. Yes, I I thought it was like fake news. But I think when, when it did happen, um, I was just watching all the tributes, all the, all, everything that was been said about him as a soccer player, also as the man um it's been it's allowed me to like gain more of appreciation 
for him because it just allowed me to realize that he did contribute a lot to the game. He did. And I know there's people, there are people that will say that um, the way he did it was shouldn't be the right way. But I think to me, how he played it with joy, how he played it with like, like I'm going to carry this team and wonderful, you know, I was obviously none of us weren't born when Maradona played, but based on what my dad would tell me, cause he was, he was 17 years old when he watched that game and it took place pretty much in his home soil in Mexico. And what he did that World Cup, and I think I would say his career is is marvelous. His soccer career, and I think even um, like his on the on the field accomplishments is pretty much it's pretty much up to like I, like you look at in Argentina. I have I have friends from Argentina. I've I'm very close with several of them, and. I just can't think like like Argentina like like it's probably the few countries in the world that you just think of that nation you say Argentina the first thing will come out will be Maradona or soccer and and I think that will always happen just because like the way Argentina adopted soccer when the british british came and presented it argentina created a mix created an identity and then once maradona was selected to the national team it just took off and i think he will always be revered in our well around the world and in argentina and no question that if you would ask me my Mount Rushmore, I I believe I will put him in my Mount Rushmore along with Pele, and Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Those those four would be in my Mount Rushmore. But what Maradona was like, he was the he was the the life of everybody. Like the someone who gave time to take pictures, to autographs talk with people like it didn't matter with who he was like hey how you been and forget the language barrier because to him that didn't exist like if you're good he will be watching and he will want to talk to you and and if he can't speak your language hey he's good he still want to talk to you and that just goes to show what type of man diego was and how he basically like made generations, not just his generation, but future generations think of him differently. For sure. And, you know, like watching highlights when we decided we were going to do this podcast, I watched a lot of highlights, read a couple good articles about him. And one thing that seemed consistent for me in every way that people would talk about him was, he was one of those once-in-a-lifetime type players, right? Mm-hmm. Someone that just changes the way the game's played. Someone that's hard to beat, almost impossible to even try to do so. 
you know, and like I mentioned earlier in the beginning of this podcast, right, I'm, I'm still kind of new to the world of football and the excitement that's there, but like, I even, I, I kind of knew of Diego Maradona and stuff that he had done, but not to the same extent that Alan does, but like, I knew some stuff, you know, like, whereas, you know, a lot more people probably know of him went through growing up and watching those games or whatnot, you know, I have to be one of those that looks back and just, it sits in awe, you know, and I think we can see, we see similar things, right? When we watch Messi, when we watch Ronaldo, when we watch Zlatan even, you know, like we just see greatness and we're in awe because we're just like, how is this even possible, you know? And I think the way football was in the 80s, yeah, it was popular, but I don't think it would have been nearly as popular as it is today were it not for Diego Maradona and the the athleticism and finesse and amazing talent that he just had. He truly was a a once-in-a-lifetime, once-in-a-generation type player even. And I believe he was coaching somewhere in England before when he passed so like he was able to even pass that down to today's generation as well yeah he was actually coaching in argentina Mm. when he was passing and that's another thing i think really um when 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 he got into the coaching thing like myself i'm like what like you kidding me because like before that, yeah, he he's he's had like publicity stunts as far as like what he's done off the pitch, like con- like he it was just getting himself with involved with the wrong people after his career, and it was tough to see. You could see it was like a fall from grace, but I think him coaching um and opened up a new chapter like obviously like him coaching Argentina and South Africa in the World Cup I'm like whoa it's like how would I say it uh it's like how I would probably say it's like Larry Bird is coaching LeBron James just like that I would say Mm -hmm. I know some could think differently but it's like a great it's like a former great player is coaching a current great player and sometimes you're like okay we'll see how they did they did okay got to the quarters and got demolished but i was like i don't know if if he's fit to be a coach but he tried still he he got teams to close to the top and then obviously the biggest one for me um was when he was coaching the uh, Dorados of Sinaloa, a Mexican soccer team. And they were in the bottom of the second division. They brought him in. And when they brought him in, and and I I was watching this like three hours ago before our episode um, on Netflix, which you can look at it, it's Maradona in Mexico. So... So if you want to know more about that, it's on that Netflix. It's on Netflix. Check it out. And one of the things I realized was, like, there were some concerns about him coaching, mostly because is this 
to win? Is he there to win or is he there to bring a publicity stunt? And and then some some people still remember him from the incident in Russia in the World Cup where where after Argentina moved on, after Argentina beat Nigeria to move on, like you saw him, you know, flip the bird out of several several fans and it got it got heated. But at the end of it, like after that season, he, even though he coached in Mexico for one year, he he almost got that team to Division One. He almost did. And that's when we saw, okay, this is an opportunity for him to open a, a new chapter, a, a fresh chapter of him coaching. But that, to me, like what he did in Mexico was just like, it shows that, hey, like, give him a chance. And he, he is someone that he's going to surround himself with the best people. And that's what he did, surround himself with the best people and people that are not going to bring him down, but will bring him up, but will also bring the players up. And even the players said, like, it was great to learn from a great. And and it allowed them to grow little by little. So I think his career would have continued forward as a coach. Probably he may have not been the, the greatest coach, just like you see with Pep Guardiola or in Manchester City or Jurgen Klopp. Club in Liverpool, but at least he would have been like, okay, someone who would help a team get out of relegation, meaning not going down a division, but going up to like the first division and onward. I mean, I think that's what made him truly great, right? We can look at a lot of great players in a variety of sports, right? Um, we can look with what I've learned with the Colorado Avalanche history, we can look at Patrick Waugh, one of the greatest goaltenders in hockey history. Um, and then he became the Colorado Hockey Club's head coach. And he did all right, but there was just something about it that just wasn't working. Um, and then we can look in baseball, right? There's tons of great players. But when you try and ask them how they do it, they just go, I don't know. I just do it, you know? And I think that's what truly defines – a great player, a great coach, it, or even a great player front office person, right? Like Joe Sackick is with the Avalanche right now. Um, someone who can look at all the pieces of a, of a team and then go, okay, how do we make this better? What can I do from my playing days and try and pass that on? And clearly Maradona was able to do that. You know, it might've taken him a while to figure it out, figure out how to, you know, because he was a bit older, matched the lingo, so to speak, of these younger players. But he clearly was able to do it, you know. And I think if, as we start to look at the what's next from Lionel Messi and Cristiano Ronaldo, we're going to be, if they become coaches, we're going to be, is it going to be like a publicity stunts, a team just trying something, you know? Or are they going to be one of those people, those player coaches who can actually, transform a team and make that team move and go and clearly Maradona was able to do that you know and I think that's something that is very unique because not everybody could do it you know I don't think 
Michael Jordan, if he decided he wanted to be a coach in the NBA today, I don't think his team would turn out all that well. People would be like, or ask him all the time on the team, how do you do this? Or how do you do that? And he just says, he would just probably just say, I just do it, you know? And that's what, not what you need from a coach. You need someone to kind of be like, Hey, this is the process. You need to do this, this, and this, and then drill it and drill it and drill it. Mm-hmm. And then have the patience to say, okay, that's not entirely working for you. Let's try it this way. And, and it show them through what you can do as someone that, can then go as the player, right? When you see your coach do something because of what he has experienced because of his playing days, that just transforms the way you understand what he's trying to tell you because then you can see it and you can visualize, oh, this is what he truly means, you know? Like Barry Bonds, he's a good hitting coach because he's helping players visualize what Mm -hmm. the bat needs to do in their hands. Not many players turned hitting coaches or whatever coaches could do that. And clearly, Maradona was a class above the rest. Yeah, yeah, he was. And and obviously, like, many will say otherwise that no, he wasn't. Like, but I would say, like, what he did for that team, like, just getting them close to, like, first division, like, it just shows – like, like I said, like you mentioned it, like how it needed to be done. He learned like from his mistakes in the past, like what, what he did wrong and use that to, to fuel him, to motivate him and keep him involved in the game. And that's, I think the beautiful thing that FIFA has done a very good job at, like keeping these legends involved in the game in some way, like it's been it's been wonderful, and I know that what Maradona has done, like, like I would say he's not just become, oh, just a soccer legend. He's become a cultural icon, a cultural, like, it's been, it's part of the Argentinian culture now. Like, you could say the same thing for Messi, but Maradona was, he, he's part of it already. Like I mentioned earlier, when you say when you think of Argentina, he's probably the first or second person or thing or idea that falls into Argentina, and that is always going to be part of it for a long time, and and really like I think if it wasn't for Argentina, like like if I would have not learned about Maradona, I. What what could I think about Argentina? Like, I don't know. Like, is there anything else when you think of Argentina? Like, is anything in particular? For me, because I think the first thing I think of is just Messi, right? But that's okay. also probably just because I'm a lot newer to the world of football, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas you're a lot older in your experience with the sport. So, like, obviously, Maradona is your first um, whereas mine is messy, I think. But I think that's just, you know, they have that's just because we can see their their World Cup contenders, finalist contenders, almost every year, and then a team gets hot and beats them in the quarter or semifinals almost every time, you know. But mm-hmm. the fact that they can they do so well for most of the World Cup years has been truly something to re- 
that's remarkable. And it's because of Diego Maradona and Lionel Messi that they have been able to do so well. And the talent that Argentina just has is astounding. Like no other country has really produced that much talent on a regular basis like Argentina truly has. Yeah, and and I think that's why like um I even I even think about it like now like Argentina after Maradona they've produced great teams, great teams that could have easily I wouldn't say easily but could have made a run to the World Cup final. But for some reason they just can't and some and even with Messi there I just wonder, do they need someone like a Maradona? Like, and what I mean by a Maradona was, we people forget. Like, he was like, yeah, he was a great player. He had the skills that was just like, you just can't game plan for. But he had leadership qualities that on the field nobody could. I was nobody thought of. I'd say it's underrated. I I mean it's. His leadership's qualities were just so underrated that it just made his team better. And I don't know if Argentina will produce someone like a Maradona. I'm not saying he has to play the same position as Maradona or even now Messi, but someone who could give them that edge, mm-hmm. like who's going to make this team on edge. And that's how they did it in Argentina. Like even before Maradona, like, they had that in 1978 when they won in their home country. But that's what, that's what, when I think of Argentina, like for them to win a World Cup, like it's not just the individual talent that they have, which is, it is unbelievable. You can pick left and right, but it's also like playing as a team and playing to the identity of who you really are and not be someone you're not. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that in a sense is true. I mean, Argentina today probably does need someone to help be take away some of the pressure on Messi's shoulder year after or World Cup after World Cup or year after year with World Championships, right? Because, like, every Jordan has a Pippin. Every bird has whoever bird played with. Okay. Like, every Kobe had a Magic Johnson, you know. You mean, you mean every Kobe had a Shaq? Yeah, one of those guys. But, like, yeah. <laughs> for every great, there's someone there to support him who's maybe not as good but really good. And I think that's why we all kind of have our mouth water whenever we think of Ronaldo and Messi on the same team. It might not work super well because they're just two different players and super good. But, like, the idea of that and just how good that team could really be is just what gets us going, you know? Like, and maybe Argentina does need that. I mean, Portugal probably does too with Ronaldo, someone there to support him. But I think Portugal's getting there. Whereas Argentina, I just don't know if they have someone like that yet that could – that can support, you know, the final years of Messi's career because he can't play forever. No one can. Yeah. Whereas 
Maradona had a lot of players on the Argentinian team that could support his style of play and help them succeed. You know, that's what the team needed, right? You can't build a good team without building around a certain player. And I think that's what led to Maradona's success. The Argentinian coaching staff decided he's obviously the best player. We need to build our team around his style of play so we can have the best chance to succeed. And a lot of player coach GMs and coaches throughout the world today, they just don't do that in the same way. You know, like they just build, they don't stick to a certain identity. They just go, Oh, he's a good player. He needs to be on our team. It might not be the best answer for that team or the best fit because they play completely different. Yeah. Like Michael Jordan probably would have would only have worked on the Bulls probably. There's no other team that could have fit his style of play other than Chicago after he became a star just because no other team was doing what he could do. And so and same with Argentina, there was no other place for Maradona to be except for Argentina. Granted he was also Argentinian so that helped, but like the point's still there like they built their teams around him and his style so that they could have the best chance to succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they, they have great players as well. Like one of them was a forward by the name of Jorge Valdano, who he was just unbelievable as a player and, and around others. But obviously you're right. Like building around so, a talent like that, like it's just a lost, a lost art. But I think it's coming back, and obviously the great example was that of that was France. This in two years ago, like, like yes, they still had talent, but it wasn't like oh, they France brought in their ammunition. No, and we thought okay, we'll see what happens. They they won the World Cup, and you could say the same thing for like another team like Croatia. They were they had talent. But they're like, you know what? We're gonna do the same thing. And guess what? They made the they made the final. Though it, they said it's that's a small country, but still, like you gotta build. You gotta build, you know. And they did. And I think building around Maradona w- was perfect. And and now, like him, his passing, I think it should show a lesson. Like give an opportunity to like. No, hey, just play. Like, one thing he said in his first time coaching in Mexico um, was he didn't go over schemes. Like, okay, like, this guy likes to, like, make the pass to the right, block it. No, none of that. All he said was, hey, go out there and play. Just play the game. And do it, relax. Don't tense up. The moment you tense up, it will just make things worse. Just relax, play the game, have fun doing it, and win. And that, that has been his, his MO, his, his ideology in soccer, and it has pretty much made the game what it is today. More joyful, more, more festive, but also like more, like more creative than we could possibly imagine. 
Mm-hmm. And I think that's what is really exciting to see is his impact on the game of football. Like, he would celebrate every goal in a way that no one had ever done before. And because of that, now we get to see all the great celebrations in football today, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and while some are still controversial because of different things, right? But, like, yeah. they still celebrate. They're still excited. There's mm-hmm. a certain excitement that is now in the game that wasn't as present or visual in the game during Maradona's day. And, like, I think the message that Maradona would share with his players, right, just play the game, everything else will work out, don't tense up too well, is what all young athletes need to hear right now, right? Like, the minute you start to stress about the certain moment you're in, yeah, you're going to be in stressful games, you know, like state championships, you know, national titles, whatever. But the minute you start to let that pressure get to you, you're not going to play as well as you were as when you got to that point. You know, that's what makes a team truly great is the ability to not let that moment get to you. And that's what lets players be truly great as well. And I think that's why Maradona had such success as well as he didn't let that get to him in the same way as it otherwise would have. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and yeah, now, like, what is next now that his passing is, is, is now done? Like, what is next? How, how Argentina moves on? And, I, and really, I think this is going to be a while. I think this is, like, right now they're in sorrow. They'll probably be in sorrow for a couple of years because, like I said, cultural icon and basically now it's like forget the pressure on Lionel Messi but pressure on whoever is the next guy because right now in in today's world like when there's an up-and-comer coming up they're always going to say oh he's the next Messi oh he is the next Cristiano Ronaldo however if that guy the up-and-comer, next up-and-comer, like Messi, is Argentinian, they're not going to say, oh, is he the next Messi? They're going to say, oh, he better be Maradona and bring us a World Cup because that is why he's still revered because he brought a World Cup. He got Argentina to two finals. So it's going to be pressure, but will the players want it? My response to that is like, embrace it you know like embrace your past embrace the players that have come before you and go for it like because putting on an argentina jersey is like you gotta bring it like it is like and especially if you're wearing number 10 which that's the number that he used it's like hey you better be the man you better you bring us you better bring us home a championship or just like in the Argentinian radio, if you if you listen to Argentinian radio for soccer, oh, they they will eat you for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And some of the stuff that we'll talk about, it's just unbelievable when the team is not performing to how they should be. And and I think that will be 
something that even after Messi retires, whoever is next has to embrace it. Mm-hmm. But I think it's not just that player who has to embrace it. I believe the team should embrace it and be like, hey, like when this is about also the team and not just the individuality of the team. Right. Now, here's a question for you that because I just don't know. You know, yeah. we, when we talk about baseball and hockey and American football and basketball, right? We see jersey numbers getting retired. Yeah. Is that something that's fo- like the rest of the world with soccer and their football does? Uh, no. Uh, I haven't seen, oh, we're going to retire this person's number. No, I've, okay. I have not seen it at all. Uh, they'll use other players number but it's still revital it's still moralized mm-hmm. but not that i know of to be honest i can double check on that but normally like based on the soccer that i've watched i haven't seen a stadium that has oh retired number none of that okay maybe that's more of an american thing then but i think if it were if there were any reason to start it in the world of soccer and, and or and whatnot it would be the 10 of Maradona. He, because hmm. we think, yeah, Argentinian, but soccer truly became what it is today because of him, right? But hmm. the world of soccer is was under his influence and his touch, right? Yeah. And I, like, I get the reasoning behind it, but I think, like, I've heard that actually being discussed but players have said like no don't don't do that like what do you like i've heard players say hey what do you think i wear number 10 because mm-hmm. of him so it's like it keeps it going i would say not retiring his number it keeps it going and i think that's the great thing about like sports like like I know, like they did something like that similar in the NBA, where when Kobe Bryant passed away, there were several franchises that were like, "Oh, we're going to retire number eight or number 24." Several players who were wearing those two numbers changed it, but I believe the few that didn't changed it because they want to keep his legacy, and it's one of the reasons why I wore his number. I applaud that. Actually, I believe that. When you are wearing a number because of a certain player, do it, you know? Like, like for myself, like in basketball, I wore number 33. And the reason for that, and even though I never saw him play, but I saw his highlights, was Larry Bird. And people would give me flack sometimes, but a lot of people would respect that. Like, oh, okay, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I would say the same thing for Maradona. Like, hey – if any of you players are wearing number 10 because of him, keep it going. Keep his legacy going. And that is how he will live. Like, it, it won't be – it's not going to be not just through the murals that you see in Argentina or the tributes that he's gotten on social media, but it's going to be through every player, and especially players that are wearing number 10 because of him. So keep that up, and that's how you do it. Like, just keep his mem- memory going. Mm-hmm. no and i think that's the better thing to do right because like if you start retiring 
a lot of numbers, you start running into the problems that the Yankees have where they just have <laughs> no numbers anymore because yeah. they retired pretty much every single number. Mm-hmm. So, like, there, there's arguments for both of it, right? Because, one, it's an honor for that player, his family, and his legacy. But also, I think the greater honor is exactly what you were saying, right? Well, I agree with baseball's decision to retire 42. A lot of the players who are African-American descent where 24 or some version of the numbers two and four as yeah. a way yeah. to honor the legacy of Jackie Robinson, right? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, if, well, my number is 22 and it's just because that just happens to be one of my favorite numbers. There's not with no mm-hmm. story like yours with Larry Bird. If I were to pick a number because of one of my favorite players, it would be the two of Derek Jeter, just because he was one of my favorite players growing up in the game of baseball. Mm-hmm. That or 17 of with Todd Helton, you know? So, like, the numbers that your favorite players have mean a lot. And if you get a chance to play in the same place as they did, and you get aware that you're num- their number, that's that means something. You know, if you ever guys ever get a chance, go check out the movie Forever Strong. It's a great story about rugby and a, a kid's life basically being changed because of the sport of rugby and the new team that he was able to be on. But something that has always stuck out to me in that movie is that at a certain scene, you see the head coach for the Highland rugby team give all the players new numbers, which means new positions, and manila envelopes with letters from certain players from teams past who wore that number. And it's all about passing on to the next generation of players what that number meant to them. And I think that's something that's really cool is because, like, well, it's harder to do in – you know, a professional setting, like, especially with a lot of players now being deceased, like Maradona, right? He can't write a number to, or he can't write a letter per se to Lionel Messi, who who wears his number 10 and say, hey, this is what this number meant to me. And this is what representing Argentina in football meant to me. But there's no reason why Messi can't do it for later generations once he retires, you know, like, and I'm not saying he should, but it's something he, they could do, start doing, right? Is, But there's a reason why we have respect for certain players and the greatness that we saw. You know, like, I talk a lot about baseball, but that's mostly just because what I know. But, like, Bryce Harper, great, one, a great baseball player. When he signed with Philadelphia, he changed his number from 34 to 3. And he did so – not because Philadelphia had retired the number 34, but he wanted to make sure that Roy Halladay, one of the greatest pitchers baseball has ever seen in this modern era, he wanted to make sure that Roy Halladay would be the last one to wear number 34 for the Philadelphia Phillies. Mm -hmm. And so he changed his number to three. And so we see players like that do stuff like that all the time. And so maybe eventually we'll start seeing, we'll probably see, still see Maradona's 10 around. But I think we'll see a lot more players maybe change their numbers around 10 
So in a sense, it is kind of retired because you no know, players want to make sure that while they would want to wear it and pass on that legacy, they also would want to make sure that he was one of the last few who actually wore it, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I get it. And will there be a world that happen? Time will only tell. But I think right now, how it's done is correct. You just keep living it. And if it will be up to the player. Like, if he wants to retire, go right ahead. If not, hey, keep it going. And I think it's better. It's In both ways, it's healthy for the game. It's healthy for both the player and the family. But we'll see what happens in that regard. But whatever the decision is made, it mostly will come out of the player. And, and nobody will be a judge of that. Instead, it's like, like I mentioned earlier, you embrace the history. You embrace who came before you and learn from it. And that will only make you better and stronger than you can ever imagine. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think it's important that we learn from the past especially when it comes to our sports so that we can improve our sports as well as the way we play them. You know, we all have players, you know, who posters that we had on the wall. I'm sure for Lionel Messi, Maradona was on his wall. You know, I don't know if that's a a particular part of Argentinian culture as it is here in America, but like we had here in the States, we'll have, posters of our favorite athletes, our favorite movie stars all over our walls, right? Mm-hmm. And it's people we look up to and want to do something similar to what they've been doing. And so I'm sure for a lot of players, Maradona is on that wall in the same way that today Messi, yeah. Ronaldo, Slatan, you know, are on that wall. So it's important that we all just remember that, that when we see greatness, you know, it's going to end at some point we got to remember to enjoy it while it lasts because stuff like that this that we see with Maradona and his highlights and his play or today with Ronaldo and and Messi their careers will eventually end and who knows how long it'll be before we see something like them again if ever you know Mm -hmm. I do agree with that just enjoy it embrace it and Because you never know when it's going to end. It could end in a few years. It could end like that. But just enjoy every minute of it. I do agree with that. And with you 100%. (laughs) You know, and I think while I didn't know a whole lot about him, I've learned a lot about him and his play and his impact on soccer. And I hope that we've given a lot of people that will listen to this the same amount of learning that I personally had today, you know, because it was touching to talk about one of the great greatest players of all time in the world of, of soccer. You know, it's not something that I've talked about a whole lot because I don't know a whole lot about soccer, but it's something that really matters for a lot of people all around the world. So it's really important that we all take something from this and we hopefully learn something at the same time. Yeah. Absolutely, you absolutely, and I couldn't agree more. And and really, like this is something that I think, especially those that got to see him play, 
either on person or live TV are like, I'm glad I got to enjoy. I enjoy every minute of it because sometimes the social media, how it is today, like they like to rip the great ones, but now it should be more like, hey, let's embrace it. You know, like let's embrace the greatest players because we don't know if we're going to get another once in a lifetime. You know, we don't know. We don't know that. There's a reason it's called so once in a lifetime, it. you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's just embrace it and learn from it. You can, you could learn something out of these guys. Like what make them great? And how can I do that in, well, not just in sports, but how can I do that in my classes? How could I do that in my job? And how could I do that as a parent or brother? How could I do that? And apply it. So, and just learn from it. Learn from the great ones. Learn who have done it better. And go and apply it in wherever you want to be great at. Exactly. And I think that's the message we'll end with today because while it's important that we talked about him and the lessons we can learn in his legacy, you know, this is for a lot of people a, a subject that will be difficult, you know, and it's always important to, out of these difficult times to take something positive. And I think that's the positive we need to take today is that there is always something to be learned. And when it comes to the world of sports, the more we try to emulate the greats, not only the better do we become, even though we can't fully replicate what they could do, but it elevates our game and event, our personal game, thus elevating the entire game at the same time. Or what at yeah, taking absolutely. it out of sports, no matter what you do, right? Yeah, absolutely. And then obviously there's going to be trials, things that, really will affect your personal life it, it really will it happened to him like all the controversies that he went through but i but i really him overcoming it in the future it helped him grow like he wasn't perfect by any means he wasn't but at the end he didn't let those imperfections bring him down he used it to find ways to improve and to even keep smiling in these trials. And I think that's the one thing that we could take out of him. Smile during difficult times. And that's how you will overcome it. Exactly. And I think that's what we'll end with today. I'm running out of things to say on him and what yeah. we can discuss. I think we hit, we ran its course. And I think you just nailed it on the head with that final message. You know, and I don't think I can say anything better. But let's kind of end on a also a bit more of a positive note and give the people a, a bit of a preview of what we'll be talking about next time on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what what are we going to be discussing next week? Well, we'll be discussing the we'll continue with our episode in of the of basketball and players that are from Australia. And the impacts they've met done in the NBA, that will be discussed. Uh, then, uh, 
from there we will we'll move on into what what is keeping you posted on any off-season moves in in the world of baseball basketball and and really as we prep for the nba season which is one month away we will talk about injuries as well especially the injury like coming back injury comeback injuries for kevin durant and and the devastating injury to Clay Thompson. What do we mean? What will it mean for the Warriors? And for the first time ever, Brandon, I should have told you this off camera. Um, when it comes to the injuries section, uh, we're going to bring a guest to discuss that. That will be my sister, who is studying exercise physiology. Uh, she she's studying that. She knows what how will it react. So. She'll be joining us in the future. Um, she, so, so we'll have her. And I've talked to her. She's okay with it. We'll bring her in and discuss discuss that more in detail. Awesome! I think that's going to be exciting. You know, let's let's get it done and try and keep doing what we're doing. If for all the listeners out there, if you you know want to interact more with Alan or I, you can follow our social media page on, for the podcast at Pineapple22Media, both on Facebook and Instagram. If you want to listen more to our podcast, we're on pretty much any platform you can listen to podcasts, you know, so just continue to interact with us, let us know how we're doing, and just, you know, overall, just have a good day, and remember throughout this holiday season, everything's going to be all right. Yeah, take it easy, relax. Like this year is almost to an end. It's been, I know, 2020. You can say a lot of things about 2020, but there's a lot of things, positive things that 2020 has given us. So let's focus on those and embrace what 2021 will bring. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, everybody. We'll talk to you next All time. All right, till next time.